It's the Locked On Canes podcast where it's all about the U. My name is Fred Purdue. I am one of your hosts. I'm joined by my co-host Cam Underwood on a breaking news Friday. What's going on, Cam? Yo, breaking news. The Miami Hurricanes have hired Rhett Lashley, former offensive coordinator now of the SMU Mustangs. He is ours now. What's going on, Cam? What, what can we expect? We have great things here, I think. I mean, potentially. And this is... Uh... A lot aligning with what I was looking for of somebody who, you know, runs a spread system, is a dynamic uh, offensive mind who has done it in multiple places. And, uh, you know, a, a clear 180 from the approach of Dan Enos. Yeah, so, de- definitely. There's that. Definitely. Um, you're, I think you're going to get a little bit of two styles of, of spread offense. I'm not sure what we'll settle on. I think it'll be a little bit of a, a mishmash of both. Uh, I remember Rhett, uh, Rhett Lashley from his Auburn days where he was running more of an inverted veer spread style system with guys like um, Nick, Marshall. Nick Marshall. But he's also now, he's also kind of adapted a little bit at SMU, where he has Shane Bouchelle, the former Texas quarterback, who revived his career big time at SMU and 41.8 points a game. That's fifth best in the country. That's a, I mean, it is the CUSA, but it's still 41. Numbers are numbers, bro. Numbers are numbers. Like, I mean, we didn't put up 41.8 against the Conference <laughs> USA teams that we played. Exactly. Exactly. Hello. So I'm not going to sit here and, and denigrate that. Um, plus, fact, Rhett Lashley has done it in multiple places now, just like you're talking about. I think he had two stints at Auburn in his coaching career, didn't he? Uh, um, I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he had two stints there at Auburn. And um, he was also – he had he also had a stint – did he have a stint at Connecticut too? Connecticut was 2017 for one year. Auburn was before that for three years. He's been in uh, SMU for the last two. Mm-hmm. Arkansas State for a year. Um, Samford for a year. He was a GA at Auburn for two, a GA at Arkansas. And before that, he took over at Shiloh Christian School in Springdale, Arkansas, which is where he both played and coached under Gus Malzahn. So if y'all remember, Gus Malzahn was this a legendary high school coach. Rhett Lashley went and took over that high school program that he was an alum of before he stepped up and got into college-level coaching. So, I mean, the man has put up points everywhere that he's been. And, and Texas high school football that. is where he's where he's doing Arkansas, this. Arkansas, Arkansas. Oh, I'm sorry. Arkansas. Well, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. Arkansas football. But for me, what, what I look at is, and I think this is a huge piece, he's a quarterback coach. And that's where I think – you have to – You. it's not just one thing to be an offensive coordinator. You could be like a wide receiver coach or something. But to directly correlate that to the quarterback and say, how do we How do we make our guys better, whether it's Tate Martell, I don't think you can fix him. But uh, also Nikosi Perry, your guy, I think you can fix him in that system. That would be perfect for him because he's not having to think as much. And, and a Jaron Williams, while it may not fit his style because he's not – he's mobile and athletic enough – but he doesn't fit exactly what you, you're looking for. But he could be that bridge quarterback over time if you're just looking to develop a, a more dual-threat guy. Again, again, you can run spread with quarterbacks because quarterbacks are – if a quarterback is good, you can tailor that spread to their um, 
skill set. And I think that that's something that Brett, or sorry, Rhett Lashley, and I said that because Fred said it earlier, darn you, uh, but Rhett <laughs> Lashley, uh, he's able to do that. So whichever of those quarterbacks ends up winning the job, I think that they can be put in an advantageous situation. And not only is Rhett Lashley a quarterback's coach, he was a quarterback himself. He was a top 20 quarterback in his recruiting year in high school coming out uh, alongside such uh, names as, uh, what's his name? Well, he backed up Matt Jones at Arkansas. And so like Ben Olsen, who was I think number one that year, kid who was a Mormon and went to a mission. I do remember that name, Ben Olsen. I do remember yeah, that, that name. kid. Trent Edwards, Drew Stanton, Matt Moore, like guys who you These know. These are backups in the NFL, and they still could Backups and starters for years. Yes, yeah, exactly. And he was ranked similarly as a recruit coming out of Shiloh Christian School. So he's done it. Okay, he got behind one of the biggest freaks in recent memory of Matt Jones at Arkansas. So – and a, a really noteworthy high school quarterback didn't have the career that he necessarily wanted, but then he goes right into coaching of quarterbacks and offense and has done it at a high level in multiple places. I mean, there's a lot to like. Definitely there is a lot to like, and obviously he's a well-sought-after name. Arkansas, Missouri, Texas, and Washington all showed interest. Mm-hmm. And by the way, SMU's had their best season since 1984, the Pony Express days. That's a 10-3 and three mark, not bad at all. Uh, again, the fifth best offense. And the, the CUSA isn't really a bad conference for, for it being a group of five school. I hate when, you know, college football fans that may be more casual fans, they go and say, oh, they're the, they're the group of five school. They don't matter. They're, they're, they wouldn't stand in the ACC or the SEC. You really, you have, I would stand to tell you, they may not in, one, in a one-year situation do so. But give them time. We've seen what TCU was able to do over time. They've been able to compete, or they're not—they're not the bottom feeders that many thought they would be in the Big Twelve. Very much the same as uh, Utah in the uh, Pac-12. They're not as far as Group of Five, what we would have called back then, Group of Five schools. Give them recruiting cycles. Give them good players. Maybe a school like Texas goes down, has down years. Hmm, you never know. Yeah, you know, and. They, SMU played the SMU schedule, and they beat, what, they have 11 wins this year? 10 wins, 10 and 3. Um, 10. Okay, well, still, you know, that's... Better than us. That's production against the, the schedule that they have. And, again, they average 41-something points a game. One of the things that, uh, I forget who wrote it, I don't know if it was... Marsh or, or Dottavio over on State of the U, but when looking at their offense... They're going fast. They're at tempo. I mean, you know, the name the Pony Express came from the 30 for 30 and, you know, the team back in the 80s and things like that. But the offense was running Pony Express tempo. You're talking a snap every 15.2 seconds. That's Oregon Chip Kelly speed. You know what I mean? Like, and if you think about that and, and then just obviously with the production as well. Think of how many more snaps they're running. This is the thing that I've been talking about on a minor level. Even if you only go tempo three times a quarter, that's 12 times a game. That could be 12 to 14 extra snaps. Here, you're doing that all of the time, and you're scoring. I mean, i got to look it up because you know that I'd like to do this when I get on a roll. But if I look up the national, where is it? Um, 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 long... You want to see rushing or passing plays of distance. 
Uh, I'd say passing plays because that's what we what fans love. They want to see the ball travel and how fast we can get this thing going. SMU had hold on, I got to go see my categories. Okay, the second first one is ten, 139 plays of ten yards, 63 of twenty or more, 39 of thirty or more, which is third most in the country, 16 plays of forty. Five plays of 50, three plays of 60, one play of 70 plus. I mean, they had 100, I mean, just all 139 plays that went 10 yards or more. And they're scoring from out there as well. So I know that people are going to say, okay, their red zone offense wasn't the greatest. If you're not getting to the red zone because you're queuing up the band on a play from the 50 yard line because you get loose, who cares? And I do definitely want to uh, correct myself. I said they were in the CUSA. What am I? What am I doing? They are in the uh, the American Athletic Conference. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're and that's an even better conference because hello. Just saying, Cincinnati finished eleven and two. UCF with a third string quarterback finished ten and three. Also, Temple finished eight and five. Uh, Memphis finished twelve uh, twelve and two. Uh, Navy finished eleven and two, and SMU finished ten and three. Not too shabby, especially when two of your losses came to the same teams, Memphis and Navy, and your other loss came to FAU, who destroyed the whole CUSA conference. If those are your three losses to those high, I mean, Navy mm-hmm. isn't a high-powered offense, but what they do, they're like having George. They're what Paul Johnson is did with Georgia Tech, but. At a whole nother level because they went fast. They have mm-hmm. athletes. They're a little bit smaller, but they compete week in and week out. I mean, I've seen these guys give Ohio State all kinds of problems in years mm-hmm. past. So you're get. I mean, Mike Norvell at, at Memphis. You're competing against those guys who who's now at the other school up north. So you know mm-hmm. you're doing. You're putting up numbers against good teams. Yeah, I mean, that's just it. You're putting up numbers against good teams, teams of, of comparable status to you, and, you know, and even better, you know, uh, quality. But, I mean, yeah, if you would make, you know, we have the Power Five conferences, Big Ten, ACC, SEC, um, Pac-12. What's the fifth one? Oh, Big 12. Um, but if count? you were to Do they put, really count, though? Yeah, I yeah. mean, look, they keep putting a team in the playoff, <laughs> and Oklahoma is good, so yes. But if you were to rank... Which conference would be number six? It would have to be the American. The old Big East. The old Big East. It would have to be. And SMU and all these other teams are doing numbers in that conference. I mean, they had so many 10-win teams and things. I mean, because whenever they went outside of conference, they invariably won those games. Again, is it par level with Miami? No, it's not. Is Rhett Lashley, based upon his history of coaching – and the offenses that he's coordinated, the quarterbacks that he has developed, the points that have been put up on the board along with the yardage and the improvement seen when he has shown up at a location, the answer is yes. I'm very interested to see to see how things work out, only because it's going to be one of those things, are we going to be more of a throw-it-around-the-yard type of team? Are we going to be a more of what we saw from Auburn with Nick Marshall where your linemen are more a little bit smaller because this all changes how you recruit everybody, especially this recruiting class. This is going to change a lot of things with everything um, 
schematically, or will you see a bit? I think you'll see a bit of a more of a mismatch of things. You're going to see a lot more of. You'll see a bit of a how, more so how you see. I don't want to say Hawaii, how Hawaii kind of decided to go not only run and shoot, but also incorporate a lot of the RPO stuff and the spread run stuff. But you're going to see kind of the, how that worked out. And they put up numbers, although I've seen a ton of interceptions, but still, that's their situation. But when you when you marry the two and you kind of game plan your, to your opponent versus just saying we're just going to throw it 60 times a game simply because, I think you get a good outcome. I think that you can get a good outcome. Obviously, this is a thing where, um, you know, we do need to see what actually happens. But I think that, you know, having uh, a, a scheme that plays to the uh, skill set of whoever's there will be helpful. You know, we're not going to have Tate Martell trying to run uh, drop back passes from under center anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, that kind of mismatch. Um, of skill set to um, allocation or engagement on the field. So, yeah, you know. I hope the, we see no Saint offense, Martell at all, but hey. I'm just saying as, a, you know, <laughs> what the players are good at versus yeah, what we're I asking them to I do. I, Reg- I mean, even if you take out the name or whoever you want to put in there. So, I mean, I'm interested to see, and I think it comes down to the foundation of who's going to be the quarterback, which we'll see, um, but whether it's, Tay Martell, Nikosi Perry, Jerry Williams, Tyler Van Dyke. Hey, maybe even you activate uh, to the conversation of Peyton Matoka, who played in a spread offense. Yes, it was at a small uh, Christian school in Houston, but he put up capital numbers, capital N numbers in high school. Hey, if he ends up being the guy running around, chucking it, and then having running backs and wide receivers and tight ends, of course, because we use a tight end here, uh, with space to to make plays, fine. But if any one of those five quarterbacks, I only think that two of them maybe are similar. You know, maybe it's a Matoka and Perry and maybe a Van Dyke. Well, yeah, I would say Matoka and Perry are more similar. Van Dyke and Williams are more similar. And the outlier is Tate Martell just because he's Johnny Football kind of skill set so whichever one of those three ways that you want to go with the offense I think it's going to be different so I mean I'm interested to see how this is built because things can get built differently depending on who the quarterback is and that is at the foundation of everything which is why you're bringing in a new offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach to get that right get the scheme right get these guys in space get going faster and using the talent that's on this roster and finally when we start scoring because I'm claiming that victory at least. We're going to start scoring points. I don't know if we're going to win games, but we're going to start scoring points. But when we start scoring points, people will then see the talent on this roster that you and I and others have been talking about for so long. We will definitely see, be able to see that talent once the, everything gets out on the field. And we'll get a bit of a preview going into the spring once the spring game comes. Now I'm really excited to actually go. I would love for this spring game to be in Orlando so I don't have to – I mean, I would love a trip to Miami, but, you know, it's nice having it in your backyard. But um, I think I have a nice idea as you're talking. I I have a nice idea for a guest. So be on the lookout for a guest. But we just wanted to bring that that breaking news to you uh, on a Friday where you get a double dose of the Locked on Canes podcast. So make sure you go follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Canes. Make sure you go follow Cam on Twitter at Underwood Sports. And you can follow myself on Twitter at Fred Purdue CFB. That's P-E-R. 
D-U-E. We'll be updating you more as this situation grows, and we'll kind of talk about how – we'll take a deep dive into this roster and how it and how this offense affects this roster in the, in the days and weeks as we go throughout the offseason. But for Cam, I am Fred. This is the Locked on Canes podcast, and we are out. Go Canes.